0: it back when like a child running wild in the outside. You got older, older. Hi, Blake. Hi, Erin. How are you? I am hanging in. I got a beer. How, is it hard to lift that beer with that huge oh. rock on your finger? I forgot, yeah. I mean, I didn't forget, but um. <laughs> no, I can. Ladies still and gentlemen, audience of Smile, you love us. This is the first podcast we have done since Miss Erin Buckley has been newly engaged. What's you say? Matthew John John Lynch. Yeah, yeah, that is his Christian name. And this is a very exciting day because not only does it mean that Erin and Matt are going to have a long and happy marriage. We can finally stop bickering over whether Aaron has a boyfriend or a partner or a man friend or a husband or a or I have a man friend or a husband. <laughs> well, no, you have a husband. <laughs> right. I now have a fiance. Okay. Yeah. For all and, of us keeping track at home. Yeah. I was and also our number one fan was one of the first like ten people to find out. So I'm so glad you called my dad and told him. <laughs> okay, our number two fan. yeah, I'm engaged. This is great. yay, and in honor of Aaron's engagement, um I mean we couldn't have picked less appropriate movies for such an exciting occasion. This is uh Smiley Loves, a podcast where we talk about teen movies, and this week's theme is the uh dystopian future. <laughs> um uh uh-huh and yeah I mean it would have been weirder to do like child brides that's for sure yes yeah or like uh, yeah that's fair that's a good that's a good point yeah also like we were not this was not on the table when we were discussing our next episode my engagement yeah oh yeah no so like at that point we were like It's not like every day I wake up and I'm like, hello, I'm engaged. Please create my content accordingly. (laughs) Yeah, that would be weird. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm engaged so I can only watch romantic things. Yes. And everything I have must be uh, shaped like a circle in in a ring shape. It's true. Although my ring is not a circle. I mean, my ring is a circle, but my diamond is not a circle. My diamond. My diamond. Um. Yes. Well, when we were playing this episode, it was like election things were still up in the air. Things, I guess, still technically are up in the air. They're not. Um, They're not up in the air. Well, they are in Georgia. Like not the presidential election, but right. like. Um, but you know, and then COVID is now re rearing its head, or again, or has never gone away, and we're we were just in denial over the summer. I don't know. I'm not an infectious disease expert. However, we were in a frame of mind when we were planning this episode. And I will say I think these movies have helped me get through That's this time. I feel like I watch these movies, they're all very long. Yes. Um, and I kind of was like, oh god, like long content to like lean into. Like that was joy in and of itself. And I deleted Instagram from my phone today because I was like, I'm losing so much time getting people's opinions on things that I don't know these people or trust these people. And I don't need this noise when I can be watching movies that have 46% on Rotten Tomatoes and having a good time. I'm, I am like, I had a good time. That's what I'm saying. I needed this like distraction. I also, There was something comforting about the fact that, like, the most dystopian movies, teen movies, um, are still, like, I'm still, like, more frightened of our current situation. So I'm like, all right, so I'll be good. I'll be good. I don't agree with you. I I found one of these to be – I found all of them to be disturbing in different ways. Um, We're going to talk about the one that started it all, really, The Hunger Games. And then we'll move on just two years later. Yeah. The Maze Runner and, or is it just Maze Runner? I think it's just Maze Runner. Maze Runner, yes. The Kite Runner is a book. And a movie. And a movie that has absolutely nothing to do with anything (laughs) we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Okie dokie. And then Divergent. Um, which like, I had never... I knew nothing about. So I'm excited. I'm probably the most excited to talk about that one. Same. Oh, good. Okay. And the, it shouldn't be noted that all of these movies are based on book series. It's not... They're, and are all trilogies. Yeah. Which is wild. I mean, I guess it's not that crazy. That's very typical in like, the sci-fi fantasy genre. But, man, that's... Did you find that strange? I found that strange. I didn't find it strange. I did think to myself, "Well, when we let's go through the movies, and I'll tell you how I felt at the end of each one of them about if I felt compelled to complete the trilogy." Great, great. Um, yes, great question, great commentary. Let's kick it off. I am going to give you a brief synopsis of the 2012 film, The Hunger Games. Which, as Aaron said, is a trilogy based on a book by Susan Collins. Which, um, I like the books, actually. I would say I recommend them. Thanks. Especially if you're looking for something fun but good and engrossing during your uh, quarantining time. Uh, I would totally recommend it if you've never read them. I, I, I like them very much. Uh, so... If you're not familiar with this, it was a uh Jennifer Lawrence huge role for her. I think they cast her in this based on Winters Bone, which was a really, really excellent Jennifer Lawrence performance. I think her earliest real like yeah. movie, movie movie, you know, not like commercial acting or anything. Um, and she plays Katniss Everdeen, who is a tribute. From District 12. So in this, like, not too distant future, North America is now separated into 12 different districts. Um, I'm not going to make any comparison to the Electoral College, but, like, let's just, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what it is. But. That's what it is. So, you know, every there's, like, the mining faction, and there's the farming faction, and then in the middle is the bright, shiny capital that just takes advantage of all of the not av- fact you're getting your you're getting your Oh I'm sorry. They're not factions. Sorry. Districts. 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 I mean I can use the word faction, okay? Insurgent just doesn't get to like take over all of the vocabulary. It's also not insurgent, it's divergent. Did you even watch the movies? Oh <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will get very detailed about my thoughts on that movie. There is an insurgent, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Part of the series. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, okay, so there are the twelve districts, and the capital is in the middle. And they are the selfish bastards that take all of the resources from. Am I allowed to say resources? Or does Catan have? Um, is that trademark I don't property know what it is. of Catan? Just don't ask me to trade. So it's a little bit like that short story, the sh- the the lottery, right where Have you ever read that? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we can edit this out. but <laughs> um, the idea is that the the capital takes all of the resources from these outer districts, and in order to keep them in line and keep them suppressed and oppressed, They require each district to submit tribute every year for what is basically a fight to the death. So each district submits two tributes and they fight in this, like, they call it... It's, I guess, Survivor was with children... Fighting to the death. Yeah. So... Katniss Everdeen is the tribute from District 12, which is one of the poorest districts. And there's a few details about, like, you get more food if you submit your name more than once. And the reason Katniss ends up going is because her sister, her much younger sister, is actually chosen. It's like a lottery. They pick your name out of a hat. And her sister is chosen, and she sacrifices herself in place of her sister by volunteering to go to this, like, you know, and this is entertainment for the people of the Capitol and probably for some people in the other districts as well. Like, they see this as, they don't see it as an oppression tool. They see it as like, this is patriotic and this is just how we do it here. And this is exciting. This is athletics. This is our football, you know, because they don't have other sports apparently. So Katniss goes, assuming she's going to her death and other districts who submit tributes some of them are from wealthier districts and the tributes like spend their entire lives training and they volunteer knowing that they're gonna win because they're stronger and they have more resources and then other districts are like yeah i'm probably gonna die here too because the point is that we all kill each other which is just like very dark and it is a very dark book and dark movie Mm -hmm. um but of course there's a love story (laughs) Ish. I don't know. It's very like. You someone loves someone and someone doesn't love someone back. Right. So the other um, tribute from District 12 is Pita, the bread maker, <laughs> played by Josh Hutcherson. It's not spelled P I T A. No. It's not I like Pita bread maker. I understand. Maker. I just still think Pita work. Well, sure. Yeah, I wanted to share with our listeners. It's not a pun. Oh. I mean maybe it is, but it's not a literal punch. I just think it's like very funny when you compare her skills cuz she's like a hunter and she she's really good at archery and she has all these survivor skills or survival skills and survivor skills. And Pete's like, "Well, I can throw a flower around and I'm like good at camouflaging myself cuz I work with frosting." Yes, <laughs> by that you would win. I totally. <laughs> All I do all day is move sacks of flour. (laughs) So, Pita is in love with Katniss. He has been since they were little kids. And there is a point in which Katniss and Pita, I'm not sure who realizes it first, but they have, like, this coach. They have a few coaches, one of whom is Lenny Kravitz, which was, like, incredible. So great. Um, He plays, like, their costume designer. And... They get it in their minds that, like, okay, people want to see a love story and people, there's a part of this Hunger Games where you can, like, get people to like you and they will send you things. They will, like. You get sponsors. Yeah, the people watching the sick fucks will send you... I assume they're all betting on this. I don't know. But, like, yeah. you know, so it's like they're willing to put money into certain people and, like, send them medicine or send them water because it's not just killing each other. You also have to survive in this strange game where they create all these monsters and... They literally create... Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very, like, Westworld-y, how they have the controlled environment that they can send elements out too, So they get in their minds that, like, okay, we're going to sell them a love story because that's what's going to help keep these two crazy kids alive. So... These they're, crazy kids. Two crazy kids. So there's some murders, there's some teen-on-teen teen violence. You're leaving out, like, two really important characters. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, probably the highlight... Is like the Chris Harrison of the. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, of the games, the Hunger Games, which is uh, Caesar, um, played by maybe one of my favorite teen actors who's not a teen, Stanley <laughs> Tucci. Like, he's in so many teen movies, and every time he turns up, I'm like, oh, well, this is gonna be delightful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Stanley Tucci's in this? Perfect. So he plays like the host who gives you, he's like, Sort of the narrator for the games. And oh. He's fantastic. I would actually argue that he gets better and better as the series goes on. And I can't really say that for the other performances. Yeah. But, like, in the subsequent two films, he's even better. Their um, actual coach is the only winner from District 12. I guess I, I assume the only living winner um, is Haymitch, who's played by Woody Harrelson also giving a pretty good performance i have to say i think that woody harrelson's performance is like what kind of ground it gives it grounds it all a little bit he he gives it like a very like somber this is real i have ptsd but it's like he's so good it, i i think he is yeah he, he he really nailed the i'm your coach but i'm not your friend but i love you but i'm not actually gonna be able to help you through this because this is just a sick game and there is no winning or losing because if you win you've killed a bunch of people and if you lose you're dead right and that's what makes his help later on so potent yeah so the other character there's donald sutherland who plays like the president of of Penem. this president snow president snow uh, You know, craziest, craziest eyebrows of all time. <laughs> and as you can imagine, he um needs the Hunger Games to keep these people oppressed. So it's very, very important to him that there be a champion, but that they not be loved or admired or that they just be like accepted and that they continue to have interest and instill fear in people, but also entertainment. Like that's what they're working with here. Right. Like. People to be entertained, but they also want them to be very afraid for their lives, which is an interesting line to have to walk. So when Katniss, Katniss is like, well, I have to survive. I'm just going to do everything I can to survive. This romance kind of plays into it, although I think you could very easily argue that they didn't need necessarily need the love story. But it also works because who doesn't love a love story like it's it works. It works. It works. I don't think it works. I think it works when you look at the arc overall, but I find Josh Henderson to be oh, Josh Hutcherson. Hutcherson, I can't even remember his name. He's just like he he's endearing, but he feels like he's like seven years younger than than uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Like he just feels infantile in every sense. Yeah, it's tops. I mean, we just went over the hiskillus cake frosting. You know, it's like it's like really hard to be like, yeah, this is an even match, especially because back home waiting for her, and this is where we get into this like Team Edward, Team Jacob thing. There's another man in her life. Yes, are you kidding me? So many people have made that comparison. Well, that is tragic for everyone who doesn't vote for. Her. Oh, sorry. Gail. His name is Gail. Another great name. Um, and he if, is played by? Liam Hemsworth, the lesser Hemsworth. I'm sorry. I'm not that excited about him. I don't know why what? people are so excited about him. He's... I'm sorry. I feel bad for him. He's the lesser Hemsworth. Oh, I don't feel bad for him at all. I wish him the best. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... Can you imagine Chris Hemsworth being your brother? Like, hey, I'm an action movies. Oh, are you? I'm Thor. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about I feel like we had this exact conversation when we did the last song and talked about Liam Hemsworth. Like I think we had this exact conversation. Hundred percent weak. And I and I my my feelings have not changed. Well, All right. Sorry, buddy. You're great. I'm sure he has a sure Liam Hemsworth loses no sleep at night. But I also think he probably has some inferiority issues. I mean, he also got dumped by Miley Cyrus. Yeah. That's a tough beat. So, Gail's at home. This is the. This is her... Probably, they have a lot more in common. They're closer in age. Um, but I'll just say, Jennifer Lawrence acts circles around both of them. So I find neither of them all that compelling as a love interest for her. Her, her chemistry with all the... Aforementioned adult men actors like uh, Stanley Tucci, Lenny Kravitz, and uh, Woody Harrelson is incredible, and that's when you're like, oh, she's a, she's she's an actual movie star, right? Right here, yeah. she is playing with the movie stars, and then she just gets to go run around the woods. Yeah, exactly. And her whole the reason that this movie I think resonated so much, I would probably say especially with teens like I really love the movies I went saw them in theaters but I do think teens it's because she is just such a powerful protagonist like and she's very she's an introverted protagonist which I think is rare mm-hmm. she is very admittedly like she's just trying to survive she's not good at getting people to like her she thinks the idea that she has to sell herself is not she's not going to be able to do it she's like I can hunt and I can like live on scraps, and I'm pretty tenacious, but, like, I'm not a smile and give me roses kind of girl, like, right. and I think that that was really resonated with people, because, you know, there is something about, there's something exhausting about, like, you know, teen movies where, like, the heroine is really, it's almost, like, an opposite of, like, The Princess Diaries, right, where she's, yes. like, She's goofy, but she's so likable. She's just so likable. And, oh, my gosh. Like, you love seeing her transform. And isn't she great? And this Jennifer Lawrence is like, no, I'm I'm kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> but, but, well, I don't think she's a piece of shit. I think it's more that she's, like, an incredibly compassionate person, but she's also tough. And she's yeah. not going to um, bend to the wills of others. Yeah. And coming from one of the poorer districts, it becomes very clear to PETA and Katniss that, like, there is an opportunity here to make this about more than just survival. And they have some really just humanitarian moments and where they get to show the people watching that, hey, just because, like, we've been put in the situation doesn't mean that you're allowed to take our humanity from us. And there's a really beautiful scene where one of the other tributes dies and these are tributes that like Katniss is very close with and she's like a young girl she's like about Katniss's sister's age and a lot of like the tributes will form like teams to try and survive and then obviously they have to turn on each other um but she like this was one of her teammates and when she dies, Katniss, like, makes a very, you know, makes her funeral, like, very has a funeral for her, makes it very public, and then sends, like, a tribute out, like, a symbol out to her district specifically, basically saying, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to remember her, her death is not in vain, like, this, I'm thinking of you, and I'm hurting with you. And that just sends people off. There's like a riot in this girl's district because of this. And President Snow gets really concerned because he's like, oh, exactly what we didn't want. (laughs) Some inspiring rebellion. And they kind of like try to quell her. They try to kill her in even more nefarious and creative ways. And then I'm not doing a good job of explaining this. No, I feel like that's when the movie got really long in the tooth. Like, it was just like, okay, yep. let's move it along. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, that, and then I, I'm not doing a good job explaining this, and maybe this is the movie's failure for not doing this well enough, but, like, it, they, for some reason, do a turn where they're like, we're gonna kill Katniss, she's a rebel, she's, um, you know, trying to inspire an insurrection, and then they're like, but she and this boy have something going on. And like, maybe we can use that to get people's minds off of rebellion and like sell them a love story. And then they pivot to that. And then they say new rule. Like if two, two people from the same district are standing at the end, they don't have to kill each other. We're going to have two winners. And then that happens. It's Peta and Katniss at the end, the, the star crossed lovers. And then they try to take it back and be like, actually now you have to kill each other. And then Peta and Katniss are like, "Well, you don't get to tell us what to do. We're going to be symbols for the rebellion, and we're going to we're going to kill ourselves together in like a lovers' pact." And then Erin is rolling her eyes like very dramatically, right out now. of my head. But I'm not. This is the plot. Like that's not what they were going to do. That. where I want to commend. I, I mean, not that I, my commendation, but that's where. With a lesser actress, it would have been a very different scene because she is compelling Pita to trust her and she knows what's going on. That they're going to poison themselves. And he's like, she's like, trust me, trust me. And because she's such a good actress, you know, like you're not surprised by the twist. You're like, she's got a plan. And you don't actually believe that she is in some sort of lover's, like, quote-unquote lover's pact. Like, you know... She's in control. That she's in control and that even if she has developed feelings for Peta, they're nowhere near the exaggerated feelings that she's portraying to get to curry favor with people and, like, keep them alive. Peta is... A dum-dum. A a dum-dum and, like, can't tell if she's, like, really loves him or, like, has... which is... Just like, come on, Peter, wake up. Come on, buddy. (laughs) And, okay, so... Did you enjoy, like, The Hunger Games when you rewatched it, even though you knew everything that was going to happen? I probably liked it more because... Well, I also... I think I liked it more because I was framing... I was thinking of it in the frame of, like, a teen movie. So I was, like, really trying to zero in on that part of it, which... You know, I think the... pro Not the problem, but, like, a lot of these dystopian films, like, they're not, like, Easy A or 10 Things I Hate About You, right? They're not, like, classic teen high school plots. So to have that frame of mind, like, this is a teen movie, um, it's a little harder to do, you know? It's, like, Twilight was a teen movie, even though it's, you know, a quote-unquote vampire movie. But, like, it's a teen movie. But Hunger Games... Is not a teen movie? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Hunger Games is like. Out of the three movies we watched. Kind of the middle ground of teen movies. Because it deals with some like. Standing up for what you believe in. And figuring out to present yourself to the world. And you know. What do you do in a relationship. When you don't really feel the same way. Or like things like that. And introduces like some of those themes. But you're right. Like Ultimately it's about a 16-year-old outsmarting the president of an evil, evil empire. Like, you know. Right. And, I mean, my friends who, like, read The Hunger Games along with me would be very sad to hear like, my failure to actively portray what a good book and movie this is. Like, they are really good. And I did again, I think I enjoyed it. I probably enjoyed it the most, like, when I saw it in theaters, right? Like, that was just a fun... Yeah. Great. Great in theaters film to see. But I don't know. I, I like I've rewatched this a couple times since I saw it in theaters and I don't know. I just think it holds up. And I like was looking at it. I will say I found Josh Hutcherson performance even worse. <laughs> it, so bad. Like he is not <laughs> I just and he and like he's Trying, I don't know, or maybe it's just that Jennifer Lawrence is so good, and she's just like acting circles around him. And I was just like so aware of her presence and his lack of presence. Like, I think that, I do think that's part of it. And I think that like knowing what Jennifer Lawrence goes on to accomplish in non-teen movies, because like she basically goes from the Hunger Games to Silver Linings Playbook, where she plays like a widow. Yeah, um, I I do want, and maybe you you can see to this too, but the director of the Hunger Games is Gary Ross. Yes. And that's like a caliber of, of director that we don't often get in quote unquote teen movies. And he did movies like big and um, Pleasantville, but also like Oceans 8 and like, great big heist movies and exciting kind of yeah and like sea biscuit like he gets like these big budget and not that hunger i mean hunger games is a big budget too but yeah i mean i would say like it feels it's a big time movie yeah. with a big time yeah and i think that's kind of you know i don't remember when the book rights were sold um but like it has a a full hollywood treatment that I feel like doesn't happen anymore for non-superhero movies and that these this like genre of kick-ass teens, a lot of them being female teens that like got adapted into movies from best-selling books it was kind of like of an era. Yeah. 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 And I mean i I think um like I think Pleasantville is a great teen movie, but and like maybe that's one we will cover. We haven't worked out like where that falls thematically, but you know, I definitely feel like even Pleasantville is more of an adult film than a teen film, right and, yeah like, yeah, I, I don't think of Hunger Games as an adult film, like I don't think no, any like people who aren't of a certain age are like going to be clamoring to watch this movie. Um, So I do think it's like firmly in like the teen genre, but it's hard. I mean, it's hard with these films. Like, but I think you're right. I think a lot of the themes we discussed that you hit on are very representative of this movie. And it's just fun to see like big time actors along with like a recently debuted jennifer lawrence like that part of it was just this is gonna be a great two hours of my life (laughs) like i'm i'm ready for this one thousand percent um the only other actor that i want to call out in hunger games which is like so relevant is jack quaid is in it as a like other tribute and he I think he is so Jack Quaid is Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's son. And he's in this movie plus one that came out like two years ago, maybe, with Maya Erskine Erskine from Pen 15. And it is like the funniest like true to form rom com I have seen in so long. He's hilarious in that and he's beyond charming. And he's also in Logan Lucky and he plays like a total weirdo in Logan Lucky and is hilarious in that, too. So um, other than that, like that, that's the thing that I found really interesting about Hunger Games, like knowing the other movies that we were pairing it with, because there is a for a brief time, a large ensemble cast of people who were or the age to be cast as teens in 2012 and, um, you know, obviously, Liam Hemsworth has a pretty sizable Hollywood presence. I don't know if I would say career. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence has, like, a huge career. Josh, H- Josh Hutcherson pretty much has this. Yeah. Well, and I should say that the, the, the other tribute that is killed, that is, like, Jennifer Lawrence's friend, is played by Amanda Lindenberg. And she is having, like, a rising teen career. Oh, what is she in? Is the Hate You Give. That oh, was, um, but she's so—I almost didn't she's recognize so young, her. Young, yeah. Young in this film, um, and she's just going to have a huge career. She's like, also probably in- still quite young. She's probably like nineteen, if my yeah. math is like yeah. And I think she was like not even maybe, maybe twelve or thirteen when she was. I think even I think she was even younger than that when she was in high Yeah. Grade. And she's she's going to have an awesome career. She already is, but. Um, it did remind me of, like, do you remember those, like, vanity, like, the fat Vanity Fairs where they had, like, all of young Hollywood on yeah. the cover? Like, this, this could have been one of those. Like, this entire cast. And, like, yeah, you know, they have forgotten half of them because that's what happens is Vanity Fair does these. These are the hot rising teens. And then it's, like, only two of them you ever think about again. <laughs> that's a really fair point. Yeah. You know, um, Okay, I'm going to breeze through Maze Runner if we're done with. Yes, I think that, yeah. uh... Maze Runner was also adapted from a book written by a man named James Dashner. Um, I say that because when we talk about Divergent, that was written by a woman. And it focuses on this kid- a young a young teen named Thomas who just kind of wakes up in this box with um like it's like a freight elevator almost that pops up in a field and he's discovered by all of these boys that are just like kind of standing around clamoring excited that he's there but like a little bit hazing him and a little bit like uh welcoming him and he tries to run away once he gets out of the pit and or the box is what they call it because there is a pit. There's a box and a pit. That's, <laughs> there's a box and a pit and a maze and uh what do they call the a glade. Those are the those are the settings of this movie. Yeah. Um but he tries to run away and he realizes he can't because he is stuck all of the wall there are all these walls surrounding the glade they're in and they shift their maze and um so i'm going to give a a little tldr on this one they basically find that there's all of, well they don't basically find it. Thomas slowly discovers that even though his memory has been wiped, little pieces are coming back to him. Um, it seems like fewer pieces have come back to all of the boys slash men that have created this um, civilization. Uh, there's this character named Albie. He's like the ringleader. I was really confused Like if Albie was supposed to be... A- about their same age because he feels like a full decade older than them and has, like, a very paternal presence. But, like, not paternal, like, oh, this is our friend Albie and he's smart. Paternal, paternal, like, he he knows more than them and because he's older than them. Did you get that? Yeah, I think watching this movie I was like, oh, Albie must be, like, a plant. That's what I thought too! Yeah. Because he's so interested in maintaining order and like he's such a narc and he like wants and everyone else is like, um, I don't know, dude. We spent all day long trying to figure out how to get the fuck out of here, and all you seem to want to do is like it out. Yeah. And, and then the so the adversary is not involved. Right. Right? That's not involved. So what happens is every day very fast runners go out into the maze and they kind of like map it with their minds and then they come back and replicate it and with the thought being that someday they'll understand like there's no real reasoning behind why they do this just trying to understand like what the point of this existence that they're in is and um there are some plot holes like you know at one point this one kid is talking about how like he can't remember his mother and his father but if their memories are wiped, my question is, like, how do you even know the concept of mother and father? I had that same question. Like, there, yes, I had the exact same reaction and there's a ton of that. Yeah. Like, you got to figure out something. The rules of the universe, like, the world building is, like, a little, like, huh, okay, I'll I'll go with it, but I don't really get it. You have Um, to spend a lot of disbelief and you have to like it too much honestly at points cuz yes no, to- way too much and i think and that's part of what makes me feel like this is more of a children's movie than a teen movie yep is like they they do a lot of telling instead of showing you know what i mean and um so they can't come in they can't stay out in the maze at night because it essentially um like closes in on itself and reshuffles and then these Uh, they're called the Grievers. These, like, big monsters come and and roam about. Um, Again, this reminded me of Westworld. I just feel like Westworld just watched dystopian movies from the last 50 years to create their TV show. And I love Westworld. But, um, so the Grievers come, and they're very scary. They also are a little, like, Stranger Things-esque. But we find out that they are robotics. um, And as we're kind of digging into this all of a sudden the box comes up and there's a girl in it named Teresa and they say that you know she'll be the last one sent up I'm really confused again to ask more questions than we have answers to why like gender has absolutely no part of this movie these are completely asexual characters and like their sexuality aside like they, because they have no memories, like, I don't understand why we couldn't have more of a mix of males and females. Yeah, and I, and I don't yeah. I don't know if that's related to, like, the other films, because I have not seen them, nor will I. Well, <laughs> I, okay, so wait, we got to, I, I promised that I would say what ha- I wanted to watch. I did want to rewatch The Hunger Games following ones. Like, the second one and the third one. But I'm going to put those on the back burner because I've seen them. When I got to the end of Maze Runner, and I was like, what the heck did I just watch? Um, I also watched it on Sunday night, which led to, like, major Sunday scaries where I was like, oh, good God. (laughs) Um, I just decided to go on the Wikipedia page and read the summary for the subsequent movies. Okay. And the plot gets weirder, more convoluted, and gender still has nothing to do with it. So... Okay, because, like, the way that the, the movie is set up is that it's, like, this Lord of the Flies, like, Lost Boys of Peter Pan kind of situation. Yeah, and you feel like she's going to be the Wendy, but she's not. She's just totally normal character. Like, there's, there's... Yeah, she's not the Wendy, but they're also, like, fully aware. And, again, this goes back to the, like, if your memory is wiped, how do you have even a concept of, like, gender? Like, how are you so, like, Why there's a girl, there's a girl, and we're, like... What do you care? Like, right. you, you know. So, and I think, like, maybe the book does a better job explaining, like, how they responded to these monthly arrivals. Because someone comes up in the box every month. But, basically, um, Thomas is, like, pretty crafty. He has a lot of flashbacks to being in this, like, lab. And then as they're get, He's getting... Because people are... Things are changing, essentially. So people are getting stuck in the maze. Or the maze isn't closing. This is all a really non-linear way of saying... Like, they start... There's, there's cracks in the facade. Thomas fights one of the grievers and realizes it is a robotic. And then, um, in damaging one of them, finds this kind of, like, canister that essentially opens a door to exit the maze, which is what they've been looking for as the runners. So then they kind of hatch a plan to get out. But um, this... We should add that they've been... The people who have been there since, quote-unquote, the beginning, have been there for three years. Yeah. So it's taken them three years to figure out this maze. Right. And... Then there's a, like, they have a adversary in this kid named Gally. But he, he's more, like, wanting to maintain order. I honestly thought his performance was, like, pretty okay. He was, like, definitely, like, motivated by fear. And it felt just like the way the teen would try to resolve conflict. But that's, he he was a really unimportant character. And then, um... All of a sudden you have a flashback and Patricia Clarkson's there and they're in a laboratory and she's saying to him, wicked is good, Thomas. And then when, then they get out of the maze after more you know, battles and they're in an office that looks, again, just like Westworld. And um, they watch a video by Patricia Clarkson because I'm not giving her a real name. And saying that, like, the world had ended because we had horrible climate crisis and then a brain-eating infectious disease. And that was when I was like, oh, I got to go home. That's when I, think I, I got the text from Aaron that said, uh, the maze runner is prescient. And I was like, oh, no. Didn't respond to that text. <laughs> well, I don't know when you <laughs> sent it. It was like, it's I, I may here. have had a different Sunday Day than you did. Yeah. So I may have been... Oh, A little hazy like, at that point. i watch Mace Runner. I was like, nah, nah, I can't God, do this. Um, my, wait, can I just say my favorite part of that video from Patricia Clarkson? Yeah. She says, hello, I'm from the World Catastrophe Kill Zone Department. Yes! <laughs> and that is another reason I feel like this is for children. <laughs> So, so I'm from Murder, Murder, Death, and Destruction. Yeah. So basically the movie ends with the the run the maze runners who have escaped thinking being saved by some like guerrilla warfare guys who seem like good guys, but who knows. And they think that they are the um survivors, the champions of this like phase one of a, a trial. All oh, right. Um, Told, like, you're important because you are immune to this brain eating virus. Right. Because yes. And then it flips to like Patricia Clarkson, who's still alive and, and had faked the whole thing, and was like, the trials went well. Now we're on to phase two. And sets that right up for a sequel. Um, I have another question, though. Like, what happens to the guys that are still in the the, Glade? The there was, like, a hundred guys there. Yeah. There uh, so many plot holes. Also, like, <laughs> Patricia Clarkson, you know, she fakes her own death on this video to, like, try to sell the idea that the world has ended and, like, they're the only survivors or whatever. And she's talking to whatever the the kill zone department heads yes. or whatever they're called and she's like as you said she's like well Thomas continues to impress I'm like uh hey uh M- Minho or whatever his name is he did all the fucking work he created this like whole model he did all of the maze running I know and Thomas just like walks in and is like have you guys thought about maybe not leaving the maze and they're like well no because people die and he's like well what if we just tried it anyway and they're yeah. like, oh, he's impressive. I'm like, well, this is bullshit. Uh, so I thought the actor who played Thomas was horrible. So bad. Um, <laughs> his name is his name is Dylan O'Brien. Um, he apparently, though, had a very long arc. shows was he in? <laughs> yeah, he was on Teen Wolf for like eight years. Oh, okay. Um, but there is this character, Newt. Who is played by Thomas Brody Sangster? You don't know his name, you know his face. He was the young child in love, actually. Now he's in The Queen's Gambit, I believe, which I haven't and watched. He's on Game of Thrones. Oh, duh, right. Um, and he's just great. And he's in a totally different movie than the rest of them are. 100%. It's actually hilarious. He's, he's just like, a very good actor. Yeah. He shows up and he gives, like, levity, but he's also, like, create, like, he's, like, trying to create solutions and is, like, explaining, like, deep psychological rationale behind, like, other people. And then it'll, like, pan to Thomas sitting in the pit, just, like, blinking back at him. And I'm just, like, what? And again, you- right. And Thomas is is the one that shows progress and promise. It's, like, no, Newt. Has a like, there's some light behind his eyes, right? Like, there's stuff going on. Yeah, Thomas is just like, Ugh. and Ter- don't even get me started on Teresa. Um, they were cut from the same boring cloth. I'm sorry. They are, they are, they were just both. Truly. So bad. truly. And again, um, like, there you could tell that they were trying to set up a love story of some sort. And it's like, oh God, no, I don't want either of these, yeah, duller children to be copulating in any sense like no, no thank you um, just give me more newt maybe you yeah. know if we could do a newt off that would have been way better I would have liked to see newt like mm-hmm. with you being like oh, I've, I've left the maze I figured it out and um, kind of, you know what this, the movie was very like lost did it better guys like oh, why didn't we just watch lost you know? And Lost didn't even do it that well. So, no. like, you guys are it really kind of... But they did it better. But I, I think you're right that this was for children. Like... Yeah, totally. This is, like... But also, on the flip side, some of that shit was scary. Yeah. Like, it's not for eight-year-olds. No, but there's a lot of you know... It's like saying that Stranger Things is for children. I don't think it is. Uh, but, no. Because Stranger Things is, like, There is a lot for adults in that, in the way that, like, no. Stranger Things is so, I get what you're saying, like, the scary, or, like, even, like, Star Wars, right? Like, Star Wars is also children and, like, can be really scary. Um, There's no deeper layer to the Maze Runner. No, and Mm -hmm. I'm curious if if, uh, you recommend me watching or even reading the Wikipedia page for the other two films no i can give you the download if you're really curious but like basically like they just go through other trials and then they like find like and then honestly then the then the goddamn movie the series like then it becomes dune then it becomes like a whole other freaking thing ah okay. like yeah so good riddance to you miss Renner. um divergent oh my god so, yeah. I actually should say that. So Rotten Tomatoes gave Maze Runner 65%. Good. And it gave Divergent 41%. No, I mean I think both of those are first they should be flipped, but also like that's too high for both of those films. <laughs> I mean, I I think sixty one is exactly where we should be for Divergent. Okay. All right. I could take a fifty-nine or a, or a, yeah, I yeah, I would I would say that that you and, know Maze Runner is not fresh. That is not a fresh film. Not even a little bit. That should be covered by how did this get made? Like that is a that is not a good movie. But the thing is, is like there's nothing funny about it. Like there's nothing that I weird know. about it. when that when Gatsby or whatever his name was, Galley yes. was like, I belong to the maze.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: that was. I, but the thing is, is, like it just there were parts of the movie that just felt like you were watching a middle school play, and you're like, but they're trying so hard, they're trying so hard. Oh, true, oh, you know, like I couldn't hate on it because there's just these children trying so hard. But I do think if you wanted to, you could rip apart the inconsistency. We oh, yeah. of- just did, but like even like we there. More like we scratched the surface. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, then we watched Divergent, which I just loved. This movie I'd never seen, knew nothing okay. about it. Same, like saw that it was like two and a half hours, and was like, okay, like buckle up, I'm ready to do this. Exactly, buckle up, I'm ready to <laughs> do this. It was written by a woman named Veronica Roth, who is thirty-two years old, as of now. <laughs> okay, this movie makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> so Veronica wrote this when she was like twenty-one. Oh my god! What year did she write it? Do you know? Um, two thousand eleven. It okay. was published in two thousand eleven. Okay. So The Ron- movie came out in 2014. So Veronica read Harry Potter and then she read What Color Is Your Parachute and then she did a Myers-Briggs test and then she wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> and she did a great fucking job. So kudos to you, Veronica. And, and, and she, Veronica's thesaurus. <laughs> listen, I'm not shitting on Veronica. She grew up in New York City and then she went to Northwestern. She's a she's a tough cookie. Hey, do I have I written a bestseller that's been turned into a trilogy and uh, mil- made billions at the box office? Hell no. She's a superstar. To be it's clear, cool. I did not make billions. All right. Well, I will like <laughs> okay. I made like <laughs> half of what Hunger Games made. Well, okay, that's sad because. I will say today I went to the Divergent Reddit page to, like, get a sense of, like, is this movie popular? Are these books popular? They are not. (laughs) They're not. They're not. So here's what I'm going to say. Everyone knows Shailene Woodley... From Big Little Lies. And if you're me, spectacular now. If, you know, if you're a big fan of the pot, spectacular now. Shailene Woodley was on Secret Life of the American Teenager for, like, six years on AB- on Freeform, formerly known as ABC Family. And I don't think people liked her. Oh, interesting. I never watched that show. Never even had, like, it was never even on my radar. And I watched a lot of Freeform um, at, like, as a full-on, full, full-on adult. Like, so. Well, this wasn't Free From, this was ABC Family. But even still, when was, the, I, I've i seen so many ABC Family shows. Like, this came out. It's irrelevant. Anyways, I don't think that Shailene, I think that the problem with Divergent, quite honestly, is that Shailene Woodley is not a, a action star like that is not where her strengths lie yeah. and I think that this is the right character for her in that genre but as a whole this genre is not really her bread and butter yeah I would I think that is correct cause, right like you said in Big Little Lies and Spectacular now I think she's great I think she's like a very she's subtle she underperforms. Yes. She's, and she's just, like, she does not have, like, the J-Law presence, but what she has is something else that is equally intriguing to me. Like, I love her. Like, I think she's really, really good. And um, her co-star uh, of Big Little Eyes, Zoe Kravitz, is also in this. I know so fun to see like where their friendship started yeah so okay this movie i can give this movie an extremely quick rundown basically you're born into a faction there are five factions and they're sorted depend dependent on like what your skills are and there's a ruling class that's you know supposed to be selfless but then there's a- another class that's like very um our faction that's very orderly and they feel they're the ones that should be in charge um and beatrice is born into the um the ruling class but they're like it's basically like if like uh, the amish ruled the world kind of thing right. her mom is ashley judd and her dad is the guy who was on scandal as the president of the united states Oh, that's where i recognized him from yeah and then her brother is Ansel Elgort, which, like, great teen casting. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I'm not a big Ansel Elgort fan. I don't think he's really got the mustard. But they then went on to be in another movie together, The Fault in Our Stars and be love Interests. And I liked that movie. So. I did not like that. I think he's a bad actor. We can talk oh, about he's that. he's not later. good, but I liked that movie. He's not good. I, I honestly think that his fame has increased because he and Timothy Chalamet went to high school together, like I honestly think he owes Timothy Chalamet like, a oh, you're welcome," like a, like a tracksuit, like thank you yeah. for being a friend. Yeah, or city bike membership or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so they they explain the test that you will test. You will take this like psych exam basically to see how your brain responds. They will tell you where you belong but you have the option to designate otherwise if you so choose but then that's it and if you change your mind or you don't pass the you know exams then you go into this like unassigned group which is like really tragic yeah it's like this, you have no family and you're homeless yeah i thought that was like a little cutting on american culture and not far off base oh. um but so she goes to take the test. And it is her, hold on, is it Maggie Q that gives her the test? Yeah, it's Maggie Q that gives her the test. And she's like, the test is nuts. And she gets woken up by Maggie Q being like, you got to go and you got to lie to your parents and you got to just stick to the rules because your test results were nuts. Like you don't fit into a category. You're a divergent. You're a divergent. Yes. Which means you're you're one of many things. Which means you're a multifaceted, multi-skilled human. So, um, she... a bad thing. We don't want your kind. We Yeah, we don't want them. So, then... Pause. I'm forgetting the name of what she actually goes into being. Dauntless. Dauntless, duh. Okay. Dauntless. I'm not even going to edit that out. So, she ends up selecting Dauntless, which honestly... I would not have selected Donalus. I would definitely select the, like, chatty people, but I would think that the Donalus people were so cool. We have got to talk about how the... I think in the books they are probably portrayed with a little more um, clarity and perhaps um, depth. But for me, the way that these are, are all introduced, because you have to... Like, Shailene Woodley is the narrator, and she has to give you, like, an overview. It's like, okay, you're either... Uh, a scientist and you're smart, or you're a hippie and you're a farmer, or you're um a like good at arguing through so a lawyer, yeah. you're control freak, so you're a lawyer. Um, or she's like, or you're like really confident and brave, and you're <laughs> both dauntless. and then like dauntless is just a bunch of theater kids. Like they're like running off the train, like, they're in rent, like, <laughs> Yeah, they're also, like, the militia. Which is so wild, because the way they're introduced is, like, and here are the Dauntless, and I'm expecting, like, people marching, and they're, like, doing these, like, plies. Hey, truly, like, it takes it's, place in Chicago, true. and so the Dauntless basically exclusively travel on, like, what was formerly the L, and they just, like, there's no doors on the train anymore, and they just, like, jump on and off of buildings, and they, like, They, like, cheer and do, like, yeah, it's... And they are like, if you're not willing to jump onto this moving train, then you're not with us. Right. Right. Like, oh, um, okay, but, like, can we talk about your wardrobe choices? No, 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 no. (laughs) I mean, so so the one, the one... Well, then there's Shailene Woodley's, like, family comes from Abnegation. Yes. Which is, like, the... The Amish, as you said. And they are the civil servants because the idea is, like, they are motivated by selflessness. So, they're the most, they're the best suited for, like, government because they're always going to put other people first. Right. Um, And and then, she she doesn't want to be in Abagnation. She wants to be in Dauntless. And her brother, so she chooses Dauntless at this selection and her brother chooses? Erudite erudite again the thesaurus really was overutilized by our young um new york author erudite okay and her parents are gutted it sucks to see ashley judd so upset and um then one of the erudite's like the queen erudite, if you will, the head, the head erudite is Kate Winslet. Her wardrobe is great. Um, Also looks so good as a platinum blonde. I know with like a short swishy platinum blonde. So um, what I thought was like the funniest thing about the, Dauntless was they like have this big like getting on the train and she meets Zoe Kravitz who had like also switched from what she was raised and then they jump off the train and she's caught by this like guy oh no before they so they jump off the train and then they're standing on a roof and this guy stands on the edge of the roof and he literally just goes hey guys I'm Eric and I was like what? (laughs) Like, are we, you just done all of this world building and this guy's name is fucking Eric? No. Okay. And also, like, why did we have to, like... And now it was just like, okay, that was some great screenwriting. And then we meet a man named 4 mm-hmm. Yeah. Also no rationale behind that. Four becomes, like, the trainer to the trainees who are switching to be Dauntless. And um, we... We go through very long, like, about an hour of the movie is just them training and Shailene Woodley getting stronger. But I found that that was the most teen movie part. Like, it felt like they were, like, at college and they were, like, hanging out and they were working on skills. And then there's the asshole played by Miles Teller who just, like, totally sucks. And... Um, then they're, like, party. Like, I, I found that to be really fun to watch, even though it didn't really move the plot along at all. And then they passed the first round. Beatrice has now tra- changed her name to Triss, as people are wont to do when they go to college, come up with new nicknames. And, um, you know, she's got some weaknesses because she's not full uh, dauntless. And then as she gets into the second phase of her training, um, people start to become a little threatened by her because of how well she's doing with this like fear visualization that she's able to like harness this mind control. She and four are getting closer and closer. And um, I was talking to a friend who had just watched this movie a few weeks ago, actually. And she was like, I was like, why wasn't this a better movie? Like, why weren't people more into this movie? And she said, she's like, I think it's because the guy who played four sucked. And I was like, I disagree wholeheartedly. I thought he was like, I thought he was like a hot James Franco. He grew on me. But it took, I mean, like when I first saw that he was obviously going to be the love interest, which they introduced like, he's introduced love interest immediately. But do you know how long it takes before there's any kind of. Like touching or kissing of of between them, like an hour and forty five minutes. Literally, I think it's <laughs> an forty five. Like, and it is not like a fun slow burn. It's like, oh. well, this is exhausting. Like, yeah. I'm very much would like to see some character development here because Just we're kiss thinking, already. Just kiss already, and like tell us something about you because I'm losing interest in both of you right now. Like, so um. You know, Shailene Woodley, less so because she's the protagonist. Okay. And she's great. There was a point when Four might have died, and I was like, all right, yeah, so that's that's happening. I was and like, that, that'd that be a good motivator yeah. here. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I could get behind that character development. Yeah, I mean, that's a, like the same kind of problem that you have with. Uh, the surrounding characters of Jennifer Lawrence is like Shailene Woodley is a good actress, Zoe Kravitz is a good actress, like, and so uh, Kate <laughs> Kate Winslet very good actress, and so like if you are just kind of average, you just kind of like because they have those two guy friends who were just bland potatoes, like, and, and in my mind I'm like I'm they cast them, they like, look like, oh, the same name and but it's like you know did they cast them to look the same on purpose knowing that like these were totally irrelevant characters and if so then like what's the point of having totally irrelevant characters I don't know but I thought that his name is Theo James he's done absolutely bupkiss since (laughs) and I thought he was I mean I thought he was good I hope he's like you know seeking a different career path or something because I thought he like British TV or anything I don't think so all right um uh, basically think- then he realizes that she is most likely a diversion and he's like i'm gonna help you pass and then but right before she passes they realize that the how do you say it again what the donlet or the erudite the erudites the erudites are um like Staging a, a coup with mind control over the the Dauntless so that they can overthrow the abnegation. Abnegation. Um, and then we get into like then that is executed basically, and then we find out that there are all these other divergent people. Surprise, surprise, four is a divergent, and surprise, surprise, his dad is actually like the leader of the abnegations who like beat him as a child, which was like really, really fucked up subplot. We could have done without that entirely. Yeah, it's really not necessary. Uh, although maybe it plays a role in the others. I don't know. I don't know. So, um, yeah, and then basically they mind control Kate Winslet with her own weapons and sadly Triss's parents die. They sacrifice themselves for the greater good. Um, Kate Winslet has this great great line where she says like you'd be willing to die for your cause don't you know that I'd be willing to do the same and that was like I was like oh shit this is the most dystopian part about all of this like that really and obviously like Kate Winslet could say like I had a chicken sandwich for dinner and it would sound (laughs) pointy yeah (laughs) totally. Um, but yeah and so then she's not dead they just kind of like overthrow her and then they get on a train of course and they're riding off into the sunset in my mind I'm like the Chicago well doesn't go that far so like I don't know where you guys are going (laughs) you know um but there's two more movies and I do plan to watch them oh interesting okay I look forward to hearing about them yeah Um, I will say that (laughs) okay so I did I really did enjoy watching this movie um but very similar to The Maze Runner, and in some ways Hunger Games, too. Like, they, add, they give you more questions than they answer, right? And that's, like, that's a tough... I mean, this genre of literature, this genre of movie, is really difficult. It's hard to both set up a reality that is supposed to somewhat mirror our own and is also supposed to, like, take it into a darker or more sinister or more fantastical direction without you being like, well, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. That is really difficult. And I love this genre. Like I love black mirror. I love twilight zone. I like X-files, like anything that is like sci-fi, supernatural, dystope Like this is up my alley. Divergent was, it was just a lit, like, you know, it's – you ask, like, two questions and the whole thing falls apart. Yes. That's the case on all of these. All of these. And I think – you know, I think there's a lot that can get said in a book's, like, forward or, like, you can, you know, have, like, a little two paragraphs that kind of, like, sum it all up. And it's hard to do that in a movie. in a movie – even if you think that you have a narrator, which, I mean, Maze Runner does not, and very much of that is so that, like, there can be this big reveal at the end. But there's just, yeah, you're right. Like, you ask two questions, and it all falls apart. Then you have to think about it, like, okay, so then is this, like, an allegory? Like, are we not, are we supposed to see this as sort of, like, a... Well, it's quite heavy-handed in Divergent when Four reveals his tattoos. And she's like, why do you have all of the factions? And he's like, because I want to be more than one thing. That was when I was like, "Oh, Right. Which, again, like, it. and I'm not trying to knock this very talented person, but it just, the fact that I now know how young she was when she wrote this, I was like, oh, so you were filling out your college applications and you were like, I don't want to just tick boxes where I say that I love playing piano. Like I'm so many other things and just my extracurriculars. Like I get it. Like you feel like you're being boxed in and you have to like make all these very important decisions about what your future will be based on like very small parts of your personality. Like I get it. You don't want to go to med school. That's fine. Like nobody's going to make you. nobody's gonna make you nobody's gonna make you make these decisions but it did it just felt so infantile like this would never ever 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 happen like there is but also I think like when you think about and we this is like getting way down a rabbit hole but like when you think about like cultural tribalism there are a lot of people myself included who like you can ask like why do you like the Mets and I'm like well, Matt likes the Mets, so I like the Mets. And that's like... Matt's like, I was born into the Mets, and I chose the Mets. Like, he wasn't. He, I mean, he was, but, like, his grandfather was a, Dodgers, a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. But his dad was a Mets fan. Right, but his dad, like, chose to I mean, we're not... I can't believe we're having this conversation. Well, but, like, you look at sports tribalism, and it's like, you either make an active decision, or you, like, go along with it, and then you're like, well, that's just what you, we will live and die a giant's family, and I'm like, we're gonna die a giant's family. But you know, it's like, yes, and I and I get that. And like, I will say, as you pointed out, like the most apt conversation was the one that the line Kate Winslet had when she was like, "You, we both, we equally think that we are in the right here." Right, and especially coming off of this election, that shit really hit me home. Like, hit yeah. home because I was like oh, right, there are people who are protesting the results and the people who are celebrating the results are, like, flipped from four years ago and both are feeling what the other side was feeling and both feel equally, like, that their candidate was the right one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to get too much into that so we don't record a four-hour podcast. I do just want to remind us that, like, Kate Winslet does have a son named Bear Blaze, so, like, she's not... She's well, like Kate Winslet, I mean, like, the character, obviously. Right, like, right. I'm just trying to ground it. A little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't think anyone... Again, Divergent is... is not going to be a cultural touchstone <laughs> in the future. Like, No, it's not. But uh, I think that it's really interesting that you have a movie with Ansel Elgort... Shailene Woodley, Zoe Kravitz, and Miles Teller. And I think that, I, I don't want to say, like, film historians, but there is a, like, trivia factoid to that, that all of these people... And they're all really good. Like, those four, yeah. in Gordon, not so much, but, like, the other... I mean, listen, I don't like him. He's had a pretty prolific film career for a 26-year-old. Yeah, for sure. He was in The Goldfinch, Baby Driver... I um, I liked him in Baby Driver. I did not like him in this. But it's fine. He's very beige. Yeah. Oh my God, he's so beige. But the... And I forgot where I was going with this. But... Yeah, I think it's more... And I think that's what makes it more of a classic teen movie. Is that you have all of these actors who are... On the precipice e maybe, like, on the peak, on the way up. And they're all attached to this project. And, like, it doesn't suit all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what it is. It's, like, it doesn't suit all of them. But they all got to go on a big international press junket. And they all got to hang out on set. And, like, it's going to be on their IMDb page, like, forever. And now we know, like, Zoe Pratt- a of money. I hope so. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's... I just, I won't say that I wanted more from the film, because the film really gave me enough, like, it, it wasn't like, oh, this should have been better, this is exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah. There's no way to make this better, there's plenty of ways to make this way worse, So like, they, you know, I guess success achieved in, in that respect, um, and, and I do feel like this felt the most teen of the movies. Totally just, like, again, having, like you said, there's this being in a dorm part of it, like, you know, being in... But uh it just drives me nuts, because the minute you start thinking, like, so do they not interact with each other on a regular basis? Do what do you different- mean, the, the actors? No, the factions. Like, oh, oh, how oh. They know so little about each other? You know what I mean? They, like, come to... It just feels like it should be known how each you Know what's required. And I think that that's kind of like what the dystopian part about it is is that like society is so fractioned that
1: mm. no
0: one I see. Okay, Maybe. all right, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it was the most it was like Harry Potter, right? Like, we get to see them in their classes and what you know, what it means to yeah. be a or I mean, it was just very uh, that's you know, I yeah. don't a low-hanging fruit, because it's it's fruit I very much enjoy. Like, this is, that, that's the way to make it fun. And they Dude, do a good job. I left out, I left out someone who's in this movie. Mackay Pfeiffer is in it. For, like, two minutes. It's I know. Weird. But he, he's, like, kind of perfect in what he does. Like, he's, like, the hype man. He's, like, maybe the leader, but maybe not. Yeah. I mean, he was Oh, he was great. I was like, oh, cool. Finally, Mackay Pfeiffer. Let's like, he'll be a really important part of this movie. No. No, not even. Yeah, it's a, it does kind of hit you over the head with the like, I don't know. Where do I belong? Who, who am I? It was like. Did you read The Giver, I, which I know was also turned into a movie? Yeah. Um, it had, like, shades of that, but I found... Which is, like, the OG YA dystopian novel. Yeah. And... But that's, like, I read that in, like, the fourth grade. Oh, everyone does, because right. it's, like, 80 pages long. I mean, it's, <laughs> I think that's why the film didn't do well, because you can't turn that into a two-hour movie. It's, like, a sh- it's like for adults, a short story. Yeah yeah and and i love that book i haven't read it in a very long time but i remember reading it as a kid being like oh it introduces some very adult concepts in a very you know yeah poetic way to quote share horowitz it is way existential <laughs> okay Blythe. do we have anything else to say about these movies You know, I just, I want more from the teen dystopian genre, and I hope that the the young minds of today are busy working, writing those books. They're busy on their TikTok, that's. So, I am hoping, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be older people too. Older people can write books, you know, I don't want to be ageist. You are ageist. But it does feel like a lot of the authors of these books are young. I didn't know it was quite that young. but Yeah, I think I would really like to get back into – and granted, like, now I'm in – I'm 31 years old. Like, I'm nowhere near the demographic of, like, when The Hunger Games came out. It was, like, a fringe marketing. And I don't have children nearing – like, that, I don't have children, and they – Definitely can't read if I had them. So like, you know, it like this stuff isn't on my radar. Yeah, but I feel like um, it's it was great that there were two best selling trilogies, and that went on to become you know big box office grossing movies with these like strong um, females who were tr- who tried to be really thoughtful about who they were. And who they were like presenting to the world. Um and I hope that we continue to have them. I mean, they're really they're really all in Joe March's image. Yeah, and even yes, very much so. And even like it's like a Joe March meets Beth, right? It's like a, like a hybrid of the two, which is really, yeah. which is really nice. Like, no, the, the female characters were not one note at all. I mean, yeah, I feel like Shailene Woodley could have been in Little Women. Oh, she was definitely on the short list. For yeah. Women. There's no way. Like, she could have been easily could have. I, I love the casting they did. So I'm not going to say, but like. She could have been Meg. I was going to say we could get rid of Emma Watson. We all know who could have what, what is she doing there? Oh uh, yeah, I'm you know, I I'm glad I watched these films. Um, especially just because I've I i they have been on the fringe for me. Like these are I'm like they circle my interests. There's a Venn diagram that they cover for my interests, and I'm glad I saw them. I feel like okay, like but I'm I'm not gonna watch all You're not gonna watch any more divergence? No, I'm not. For real? Well, well, what are you watching? What are you watching instead? We can make we can segue out of teen the teen okay. movies. and just do a quick content check in. Well, I will say that had I not gone so deep onto the Reddit page, which is very easy to go deep onto because there's only like three thousand members, um, there are so many spoilers. Like it's a very poorly mm-hmm. moderated Reddit page. Like you gotta keep those spoilers hidden, guys. So I already know too much, and like so, it's not really worth it for me to go. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So, but I hope you do and like please if you, if anyone has any suggestions or movies that they really want us to cover or themes, let us know. So shoot me a text because everyone who listens is a close friend or, you know, find us on Instagram at love us and shoot us a DM. Ooh, I'd love to get um, a DM. Yeah, we we want to know you know, what forgotten teen movies out there we can bring back. We can hunt down on YouTube and, and watch for your listening pleasure. Um, yes. Also, the Selena series is what comes in December. Oh, yeah. Going to be yeah, so good. Yeah. That is going to be good. Yeah. I think, I do think there is some room for some Christmas teen movies. We'll I do too. I think it's time. I think this December I'm going to be heavier on the holiday movies than ever before. Oh, the, I can't wait! I'm leaning in hard. Yeah, great, okay. cool. Well, thank you guys for listening, and congratulations, Aaron, very ah! for you. Thank you.